All right, good to see you guys again, most of you. Um, I think most of you are in here for Sunday school. If not, my name's Alan Moore. Um, uh, nothing real special about me other than that. <laughs> I'm Alan. My wife is probably the specialist thing about me. Uh, and that's not even anything I can really claim because, you know, I, I'm not her, obviously. Um, okay, I want to, um, we're going to preach out of the book of Ruth. And so, yeah, go to Romans 8, though, first. Um, I want to try and get this idea as we go through the book of Ruth um, um, that out of out of this verse here. Um, and so let's kind of set up the context here and we'll we'll pray and kind of get go over to Ruth and, and go through that book. But um, if you go to Romans chapter eight and start in verse five. Um, and we're going to skip a few verses because I want to try and bring out this idea without reading really the whole thing. Um, but Romans 8, verse 5, For they, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity with God, for it is not subject to the law of God, rather indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And go to verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. And skip down to verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In verse 20. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willing but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Um, in verse 24, for and, and we'll read down through the rest of this, starting in verse 24, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Um, but if we hope for that which we have seen, then do we with patience wait for it. Um and uh, verse 26, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know that what we pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered or, um, did I read that one already? Verse 27, sorry. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And verse 28 in the verse I'm sure most of you are familiar with. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. And so we see, trying to kind of set up some context here, we see that there's this idea um, of not living after the flesh, but living after the spirit, right? Um, and, and, um, and mortifying the deeds of the body and, and, and there's this, this whole idea, I'm sure you've seen that through there, of, of living after the spirit and not after the flesh. Don't do the things you want to do, do the things God wants to do, right? That's the idea that they're trying to get for. And then furthermore, he mentions here right before verse 26 or so, um, that, that you're also going to get a, a new body, right? In verse, at the end of verse 23, it talks about to wit the redemption of our body. Um, you know, we're, um, later on it talks about it's, it's not yet, um, shown what we, um, shall be, but we understand we're going to be transformed someday, right? We're going to have a new body and, and, um, and, and, and we won't have this flesh to deal with anymore. So that, as that context is kind of running through here, 
verse 8, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are according to His purpose. And most people would say, Amen, yeah, yeah, we know that. But my question to you really, and you can go over to Ruth, you know, kind of having this idea of, of sort of the context of this. And Ruth is, um, uh, you got, you got the book of Moses, you got Joshua and Judges, and right after Judges is the book of Ruth, right before the whole first Samuel, second Samuel, first Kings, second Kings thing. You got Ruth shoved right in between there between Judges and, um, and, uh, whatever it is, first Kings, I think, or first Samuel. Um, but in the book of Ruth, I, I, I kind of want to ask the question, because if you notice in verse 28, it says, uh, it says, and we know that all things work together for good. But, but my question to you is, do you really know? Right? Um, because a, a biblical knowing is, is, uh, it's, it's, it's an active thing. It's not passive, right? Knowing something isn't, isn't dormant where you just have this head knowledge or, or set of beliefs or you can agree with something and you can say, yeah, amen. I, I agree that all things work together for good to them that, Love God and are called, are called according to His purpose. Are you living your life like you know that? Is, is this a knowing, a biblical knowing, a, a knowing that's actually being manifested in actions, right? Um, not just a set of beliefs or head knowledge. Um, you know, a, a knowing is how we live, how we obey, how we love each other, how we serve. Um, so if you're going to say you know, um, you should make sure that your life tells the same story, right? Um, and, and so I want to go through and this will be the, the brunt of the, the sermon. And um, um, by the end of the sermon, I know this might scare a couple of you, um, thinking about time, but by the end of the sermon, we'll have read the whole book of Ruth, so you're welcome. That might be the first book of the Bible you've read in a long time <laughs> um, for some of you. But we're going to go through and we're going to read the whole book of Ruth today. Um, and we're going to go through the whole Ryan, because I think there's a lot to learn in the life of Ruth with Naomi and, and um, Boaz and all these characters in here that could help illustrate... Um, um, understanding that, yeah, all things do work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. And, and we can know that, right? And we can live our lives like that. There's a lot of illustrations through the whole book of Ruth's, um, Ruth. And that's what I'd like to get into today. Um, and so with that, with that being said, we'll pray one more time and, and try and, and try and get into this. So, um, God, I pray that you would, um, uh, speak through me, God, speak to your people, especially their hearts, Lord. I know that's how you, um, how you work. And, um, God, we have your, your words opened up here. Uh, we pray that you'd speak to, to us through that God and, and help us to just understand some of these things, God, um, and how you work, God, we, um, love you, Lord, and we want to please you. I pray that you please help us to do that and pray that you bless everyone who came today, um, and uh, we pray all these things, God, believing and trusting you uh, in, in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so the book of Ruth, um, you know, I think it's interesting just this book. It's it's obviously an old book, and there's there's so much relevance to it even today that we can apply. You know, what, what year are we in? 2023? <laughs> you know, like we're, we're so far away from any kind of context of what was going on in this this time right here. In terms of like, you know, there wasn't an iPhone right here. You understand what I'm trying to say? There was no iPhones. There was no, you know, some of these different luxuries we have today, um, you know, or devices and things. Um, yet, e- even though it's so old, it's so relevant to us still. I think that's that's an interesting thing. And really, that's all the whole, how the whole Bible is set up. Um, uh, in, in the book of Ruth, 
uh, you, we'll get into reading it, but, uh, obviously it's right after the book of Judges, but, but, but truly in this era that Ruth is living in, it's, it's the time of Judges. Um, and in this time, um, it was right after Israel came out of Egypt, um, and, but before they established the, the, uh, the monarchy there, right? Um, the leadership in Israel was led by judges, right? So before everything got all set up, um, um, after they had came out of Egypt and while these judges were leading, they, they kind of had this cycle, right? That you see, they, they were, they, they would get into sin. They would start worshiping idols and other gods. Um, and, and then they would end up crying out to the Lord and he would deliver them. And then they would do it again. And it was this, this kind of continuous cycle. And that was, that was the time here. It was this, they were in this cycle in the story of Ruth, right? So that's sort of the, the time context that you can get in your head. That's what's going on in that time. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end, if you look at the end of the book of Judges, I don't know if you have known this verses here. Probably most of you did. Um, but Judges 21, verse 25, just on the other side of your page, probably. It says, in those days, there was no king in Israel, right? It was all Judges. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Um, now, you know, one person today might say, well, everyone just, they did what was right in their own eyes. That was probably pretty good. But the problem, the trouble with people in your flesh is the right thing in your eyes is probably not very good. And that's, that's the, that's the idea of this verse. I'm sure most of you know, these guys doing what was right in their own eyes turned out a society kind of like what we have today, a mess, a big mess, right? And that's what was going on. So Ruth is living in this time. Um, and, and so that's the timeline in which we're going to be reading about. Um, you know, there was just, um, idols being, being worshiped all over the place and, um, the tribes of Israel were um, fragmented and scattered around. Um, but I think that there's definitely something we can learn from, or we can even prove Romans 8.28 that we just read through through the story of Ruth. Um, and that's what we're going to try and do today. Um, okay, so we'll start reading Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1. Um, now it came to pass in those days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the, uh, and by the way, I'm, we are going to read just about every verse in this book. So I'm going to read a little fast. Pay attention. Read along with me, please. Um, and we're going to make some observations through. And really the preaching is going to be about the last five minutes of this message. Okay. But we're going to set up a whole long context. So by the time it hits you at the end, hopefully, um, you know, you'll be able to, to do something with it. Hopefully you will. Um, Romans one and verse two, or sorry, Ruth one and verse two. Um, and the name of the man was, uh, Al- Alimlech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the two sons, uh, Mathlam and Chilion, Ephronites of Bethlehem, Judah, and they came into the country of Moab and continued there. So they came out of Bethlehem, Judah, this is where the Israelites were, and they went into a foreign country, right? So this is where all the idolatry was going on. Um, and Elimech, uh, Elmelechek, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab, so these foreign women. Uh, the name of one was um, Ufra, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And uh, and their husbands died also, so Malam and uh, Chiliam died also, both of them. And the women were left of her two sons and her husband. So right off the bat, and... You know, you try to put yourself in this, this time, but right off the bat, we, we start off this book really not in the best time. There's a famine in the land of, or in the, in the, um, in the land. There's a famine in the land, right in verse one. 
Um, right off the bat, Naomi's husband dies, and then her daughter-in-laws, uh, both their husbands die. So her, her two sons, they die, right? And within the you know, span of 10 years, the husband first and then the two sons. Um, and I think that for Christians, and I'm sure you guys can put yourself this way, you know, life isn't the kindest thing. You know, <laughs> um, and a lot of times when it comes to, to serving God, um, I know for me especially, you know, I kind of started off that of, of I got to a really low point before I did, made that decision to follow God, right? So a lot of times you've either been someone, especially if you were saved later in life, where you, you went through life already um, and, and you probably had circumstances going on in your life that weren't the best. You probably didn't start, you probably didn't start off with just the best set of cards you could ever have, right? Um, but, but that's a lot of times the starting point. And just so kind of acknowledging that, um, most of the people here probably have lived life and, and, and you've went through some things and you're probably going through some things right now. Um, and that's exactly where Naomi and Ruth find themselves, Ruth finds themselves is, uh, you know, her husband dies and her, her sister-in-law, her husband dies and, and the, um, the father dies, right? Um, and, um, and, and there's, there's immediately right off the bat, there is, there's opposition and there's, there's, um, tribulation and trials. James one verse two says, my brethren count it, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience and let patience have perfect work that ye may be perfect in entire wanting nothing. Romans 5, 3 says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Um, and so we understand that even though, um, you know, circumstances a lot of times don't start out so good, um, God uses those things to benefit us, right? We understand that. Um, you know, so thinking about our verse, all things work together for, to, for good to them who love God and are called, are the called according to his purpose. Um, it, we're not looking so good starting out in the book of Ruth, right? Like, well, what's good about this? And, and, and these verses I just read out of James and Romans, you know, we should count it a joy to us when we're going through these tribulations, um, because God, God has a, a better plan, right? And so we'll continue going through here, uh, and try and get that idea across a little bit better. Um, in Ruth 1 6, then she arose and with her daughters in law that she might return from the country of Moab for she had heard in the country of Moab, how that the Lord had visited his people and giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was and her two, two daughters in law with her. And they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters in law, go return each of you to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead with me. Uh, and with me and the Lord grant you that you might find rest each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and lifted up their voices and they wept and they said unto her, surely we will return with thee and to thy people. And Naomi said, turn again, my daughters, why wilt thou go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters go the way for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say that I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and shall bear sons, um, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, 
for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orah kissed her mother-in-law, and Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto the, her people and her gods, return after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from falling after thee, for whither thou goest I will go, and whither thou lodgest I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest I will die, and where thou is buried, the Lord do so to me, and more also if aught, but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she had steadfastly minded to go with her, she left speaking unto her. Um, and so right off the bat, when, when we, we start off our journey of wanting to please God and hopefully, um, and I, I think everyone in here is going to find themselves at some point in this journey. But if you're starting off your journey and wanting to follow God, it's normally not going to start out the best and it's going to start out immediately at a point of crossroads, right? Um, you know, right off the bat, uh, Ruth had to make a decision in these circumstances to go this way or to go that way. Would you agree? Right. She either could have went back into her own, own land and, and, uh, dealt with the idolatry and the idols there, or she could have went with her mother-in-law, um, to the, uh, to serve the one true God. Right. Um, and, and also where you, where, what you're going to find in crossroads, um, every time is opposition, right? Twice, um, or, you know, basically that entire verse I just read, Naomi is trying to convince Ruth not to do the right thing, right? And Naomi benefits her later here in the book. We'll see. Um, but, but there's, there's going to be opposition in your life. You're, you're going to have poor circumstances where you have to make a decision and you're going to find yourself being with, you're going to find yourself with much opposition anytime that there's a crossroad. Um, and there, there will always be the right way. And, and, and can I say most of the time, you, you know what the right way is. Right. I mean, if, if, if I know at least for the amount of life I've lived, um, a lot of times the right, the right way is, is pretty obvious. It's not, n- not always the most comfortable, but it's, you know, you know, for 99% of things, you, you know, you know, that's wrong and you know, that's right. So, so do the right thing, but there's going to be opposition. There's going to be a wanting to do the wrong thing. Um, and it will come relentlessly. Right. I mean, Naomi told her to go twice. And then when her sister-in-law goes, she's like, well, look, she's doing it. Why won't you do it? Uh, three times, really, if you count that, right? I mean, she's she's saying, "Well, look, she she did it. Why don't Why don't you go too?" There's going to be opposition, and it's going to be exactly like that when you're trying to make a decision. And so, you know, be aware of it. And the decision, ultimately, just like Ruth did, it has to be made from faith. Um, in verse 16, you know, towards the end, she's she's mentioning, "I'll lodge with you, and and I'll go where you go, and thy people shall be my people, and and thy God my God." And, and so why she's saying this is because she recognized that there was, she didn't know what it was. You know, there, there was a lot of faith here. She didn't, she didn't know what the end it was going to be, but, but she knew because of the kind of God she could see that, that that would be the right thing to do. And she wanted to do the right thing. And she, she had to do it in faith. Um, Proverbs three, you guys know this, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. And that's all Ruth was doing here. She was just acknowledging God and, 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 and trusting in him and, and wanting to, to move by faith. And, and he, he helped direct her path, right? Um, and, uh, and we know that faith is substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And, and, and that was that decision she made there. Right. And so you guys are, you'll, you'll get to crossroads in your life. There's going to be a lot of opposition, but the, the right decision has to be made in faith. And, and, um, you know, most of the time you'll, you'll know what it is. So moving on through here, uh, verse 19. So they too 
went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? And she said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly against me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call you me Naomi, seeing that the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth and uh, Mobitus, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. Um, and so right off the bat again, we see they made the right decision. They went back to serve God, right? So, so there was, op- there was a, circumstances weren't great at first. There was a crossroad. They made a decision and, and they went out following the Lord. Um, just because you made the right decision, I think a lot of times we get in our heads like, oh good, I made the, lot de- the right decision. It's going to get easier from now. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, immediately, now she's she's dealt with this external problem of, you know, she was here, she wants to move back to Bethlehem, Judah, right? And this these external circumstances, she's dealing with it. But now that she's dealt with the external circumstances, she has what? An internal problem, right? The the problem, it, there's still a problem there, it just went internal now. She had to deal with it a different way. Um, and, and whether it's bitterness like we see here, um, you know, I mean... <laughs> The, the way, the tone in, you can tell in verse 20, the tone in Naomi's voice, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly against me. You know, she's, she, that tone in her voice, you can tell that there's some bitterness to set in, and that not, might not be exactly your problem, but I want to illustrate with that, and trying to learn something from the story of Ruth, that whenever you deal with an external problem, a lot of times, you'll immediately, you're going to immediately have to deal with an internal problem. Don't get discouraged about that, just, keep dealing with it. Believe me, whether you're trying to live a life that pleases God or you're living out in the world, there, both sides have problems. You guys, I'm sure most of you have lived plenty of life. You know that, um, you're not going to, you're not, you're not trading just because we're living our lives to please God. We're not, we're not, we don't have all these problems that other people don't have. They're the same problems. We just get to be able to learn how to deal with them properly. Right. Um, but your external problem will become internal and, um, you can see, Naomi here is getting bitter against her circumstances. And we know the Bible says, Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Um, you know, we know that. And 2 Corinthians says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, carnal but mighty through God um, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And that's, you know, that, that's, um, that, that verse illustrates how to deal with that internal problem. I think really well is casting down the imagination, every thought that exalts itself above God. Right. Um, and so we, we know that we'll kind of start off, you know, a lot of times, not the best. We'll get to a crossroad, have to make a decision. And, and that doesn't, always, if ever, <laughs> take care of the problem that maybe just changes the problem or gives you another problem to face. But in all that, Ruth one twenty two, and we read this already, we'll read it again. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the uh, uh, Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. And so um, in all of this stuff, they they don't even realize 
in God's timing, they're coming right at the beginning of the barley harvest, right? It's, it's, it's the perfect timing, and that's because of things a little bit later, um, but right at the beginning of the bar- barley harvest, and it notes that. And I think it's important when we're going through life, we're going through Ruth's life here, but I'm sure we can put ourselves in this story and, and think of circumstances in our own lives and put us there, um, put ourselves there. Um, but God's timing, I think, is, is, it's, it's obviously perfect. It's, it's many times in, impeccable and it's something we can't see until most of the time it's over here. <laughs> right. And we look back and we go, Oh wow. If that hadn't worked just like that, then it wouldn't have worked. Right. And it's, it's because of God's timing. And that's where, that's where that faith thing comes in. I know I've mentioned it before, but the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that's why he wants us to trust in him. He wants us to know that he, he has the, the right timing and, and, and all things do work together to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose, right? Now, now again, we're going through the story of Ruth and we're assuming you're making the right decision because what could happen is you could get stuck in that point of bitterness, right? Or what could happen is you could get stuck at that point where you made the wrong decision or didn't make a decision, right? It doesn't mean you can't change it later, but, but we're assuming you're taking the right step <laughs> as we're going through the story. But understand, you could get hung up at any one of these points and, and someone, and, and more than likely there's somebody in this room that's hung up somewhere in this story right now. And so, you know, hopefully you can use this as encouragement to understand what the next step is and how to deal with it. Um, but, um, you know, Ecclesiastes 3 1 says to everything, there's a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. Um, talking about, you know, keeping in mind God's timing is perfect. Uh, Psalms 27 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Um, and it's, it's just interesting as I was going through that, the story, um, noticing that they, they came just right at the beginning of barley season. You know, what are the odds, <laughs> right? Um, that, that, that was the case. And, and, and you'll see that in your life, right? God's working and doing things and, and setting things up for you that you're not even seeing while it's happening. You know, at this time, Ruth and Naomi didn't see any significance in that whatsoever. <laughs> There's none that it was barley season that had no significance to whether they were moving or not, but God realized what he was doing. Right. Um, and so Ruth, uh, chapter two, verse three and Naomi, or excuse me, verse one, we'll start in verse one of chapter two. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, um, a mighty man of wealth and a family of, um, Eli Melech, And his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Mobitus said unto Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And he said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of um, Eli Melech. And um, I, I see here in, in this section you know, they, they got to where they were getting to go. They, they made the right decision. Um, you know, they were, they were in God's timing and, you know, a lot of times we get to that point and there's just kind of work that has to be done. Right. You know, she gets there and, and what does she do? She, she starts going to work gleaning the ears, doing what she can. You know, we could get so much more detailed in this story. I'm sure, um, many of you can, can see that, but, um, I just want, kind of wanted to point out, in this story, what we see in this kind of section here is God's, again, his provision and, and in the life of Ruth, um, with her husband that had, had died or, or her husband's dad being kin to one of the, um, uh, mighty men in this area, right? 
Um, and so that was something that was noted in verse one. Um, so, so God's making provisions already. There's this, uh, um, uh, cornfield that she's gleaning the ears off the edges, right? When they go and, and plow their stuff kind of left in the corners and stuff. And she's basically grabbing that stuff, right? She's grabbing just the, the leftover that they didn't really harvest. Um, and so she's going around doing that. She's putting in some work. Um, and, uh, and she's giving glory to God for everything. Um, uh, oh, we, sh- we should, sorry, we, we should give God glory for everything. Um, uh, and every opportunity we get, cause we can understand for Ruth to even have gotten here, if it wasn't for the Lord, you know, she would have, she would have never even got to that point. Right. And, and, and him helping her with that. We know in John fifteen five the Bible says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing, right? So that's without Jesus Christ, you can do nothing. Um, and so just the Lord and his timing and his provision in Ruth's life and him helping her, um, she wouldn't even have the opportunity to do the work she's doing in the field right now, right? Um, if it wasn't for the Lord. And that's exactly the same uh, in our life. And so, you know, if we're at the point where we're, we're doing what we should be doing and we're just working, um, we know Colossians 3.23 says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not as unto men, you know, do it for God, do, um, like we talked about in Sunday school, um, you know, uh, sacrifice your time and, 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 and give your body to him and, and try and give him glory and, and please him with what you're doing and just get to work, right? Get to work pleasing him. Um, and, uh, and that's what, that's what you should be doing. That's what you should want to be doing. Um, uh, and we'll go through Roman or, uh, I keep saying Romans, Ruth four. We'll start in Ruth four and continue reading. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless thee. And they said, Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, it is the Maobitus damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, um, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even until the morning until now. And she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Heareth thou not, my daughter, go not glean in another field, neither go from thence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. I have not charged the young men that they should shall not touch thee. And when thou um, art thirst, go into the vessels and drink that which the young men have drawn. And she fell on her face and bowed herself onto the ground and said unto him, why have I found grace in thine eyes? Thou shouldst, that thou shouldst take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger, because she wasn't uh, 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 from Israel, right? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that th- thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy ni- nativity, and art come unto the people which thou knewest here, uh, not here before the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. Um, and so I see here that Ruth, as she's doing her work is putting herself around the right people, right? She's, she's gleaning in an area where she's, uh, uh, getting around the right people. Um, and we understand, um, as, um, the Lord works that he uses people to bless us 
and he, he wants to use us to bless others. And that's kind of what's happening here in Ruth's life where she's having an opportunity to, um, you know, bless others and, and Boaz is being able to, to bless her and, and just acknowledging her and, and, and giving her a little extra, um, work to do and letting her drink water and all that kind of stuff because she's getting around the right people. Um, Proverbs three twenty, the thir- excuse me, thirteen twenty says, "He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a compassion of fools shall be destroyed." Galatians six ten says, "And we have therefore opportunity. Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith." So, one thing I think we can learn from that section of scripture is getting around the right people and letting the Lord work through us to bless others, and understanding that that's how He oftentimes will bless us is through other people. Um, so moving on with the story here in verse 13, then she said, let me find favor in the sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me and for thou, for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, thou, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids. And Boaz said unto her at mealtime, come thou hither and eat the bread and dip thy morsel in vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers and he reached her, um, Partridge corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her green even among the sheaves, and reproach her not, and and let fall some uh, also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. Um, and so in this in this place we see uh, in this in this section here. Verses 13 through 16, we see Ruth's gratitude, um, and, and careful, uh, to be giving God, uh, thanks for the grace that Boaz is showing her, right? And obviously we understand that grace that Boaz is showing her is through the Lord, God of Israel, um, like he mentioned, and, and Boaz even gave credit to God, um, for that, um, which is exactly what we should be doing. And so just like Ruth did in everything, we should give thanks to the Lord, like it says in Philippians. And that's what she's doing here. Um, and then in verse 6 to 17, we'll read down a few verses. So she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that she had gleaned. And it was about uh, an ephah of barley, however much that is. I didn't look it up. And she took it up and went to the city and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave it to her she had reserved after she was uh, sufficed. So they had extra after she had even eaten. And her mother-in-law said unto her, where hast thou gleaned today? And where hast thou wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought and said, the man's name with whom I have wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near kin to us, one of our next kinsmen. And Ruth said, Ruth and uh, Meobida said, He said also to me that thou should keep fast, uh, be my young men, until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou should be with his maidens, that thou should uh, meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean until the end of the barley harvest and the wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. Um, and so here we see Naomi encouraging, and this again is, is about getting around the right people. We see Naomi encouraging Ruth to continue on and continue on the work. 
Um, and a lot of times I think we need to get around people to be encouraged to continue on the work. We saw earlier where she was, she kind of got to the point where she was starting the work and the work is really what I was talking about in Sunday school, um, is, is pleasing God and, and, and doing that through sacrifice of our time and, and, and all these different things. Um, but that work, um, a lot of times we need encouraged to continue on doing it. Right. And that's exactly what Naomi was doing here for Ruth. And chapter 3 and verse 1, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maiden thou wast? Behold, he uh, winneth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor, but make thou not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. Um, so this part, if you didn't catch what was going on, is a little weird. <laughs> just, just so she's saying... Naomi is giving Ruth advice here, um, and um, and it, it worked out, so it must have been good advice. But she's saying he's going to go eat, he's going to get full, and he's going to want to take a nap, right? And so wherever he lays down, uncover his feet, and then and then lay at his feet while he's sleeping. Okay, um, this is not how we tell our daughters to date. <laughs> like find the guy you want to marry and go like you know wait till he's sleeping to sneak in so he doesn't see you, and then lay at his feet. That's not how I would recommend doing that. <laughs> but that's how. That's how um, Ruth did it, <laughs> and it worked out. I'm, I, my wife and I was talking about this, and I didn't have time to like ask anybody. But I'm assuming this was some kind of cultural thing at that time or whatever. Like, obviously, this isn't doctrinal. This isn't something you're going to directly apply to your life. Um, but the idea was, she was, you know, she was making herself available to this guy and letting him know that, you know, she would marry him basically by laying down his feet. I guess saying, you know, I'm willing to. I don't know, do whatever, serve him, I guess, or something. Um, but what's happening here and something we can apply to our life is Naomi is, is helping to guide, um, is helping to guide Ruth into doing the right thing. Um, and, and there's going to be people in your lives and I'm sure you guys could probably name those people that want to help guide you and you should let them guide you. We see in verse five, Ruth said unto Naomi and, and she said unto her, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. And she went down on the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. Um, and so this is, um, obviously Ruth obeying, obeying that advice. Um, and so kind of twofold, we should be around people that are going to give us the right advice, you know, the right advice, not just some advice, but the right advice. And the right advice is going to be based out of the Bible. Um, we want to be around people who are going to help guide us and, and care for enough us enough to guide us. Um, and, uh, and then when we get that wisdom and that, that, and, um, guiding, we, we should obey it and we should, we should do it right. Otherwise, what's the point of even looking for advice? If you're not going to, if you're not going to do, you know, if you're just wanting someone to affirm what you already think, then what's the point of that? If if you're just going to do what you're going to do, then go do it. But if you really want guidance and, and help, then you should, you know, take it and, and consider it and, 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 not go by everything someone tells you necessarily, but, um, you know, prayerfully and in wisdom, um, you know, obey good wisdom that you get and good guidance, right? 
And that's what we expect our kids to do, right? We don't expect them to do every exact thing we tell them. We expect them to take what we're saying and, and apply it to their life correctly, right? That's what we should be doing for, with the Lord, too, and wisdom that we get. Um, and, and so that's what's happening here. So then uh, you'll see, you'll see Moab, Moab's reaction uh, or Boab's reaction, reaction here, and starting in verse 8. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. You know, why is she there? I don't know. Um, and he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth thy handmaid, spread therefore thy skirt over thy handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Um, and he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, insomuch as thou um, followed not after young men, whether rich or poor. I, I, I feel like we're like skipping a whole bunch of context here in my mind. Cause I'm like, how do we go from like, Whoa, my goodness, who are you? And I'm like, wow, you've been so kind to me. <laughs> like, that's not how I would react. Right. So I, I'm assuming there's some kind of cultural thing going on there, but, um, uh, basically he's saying, um, you could have picked any of these young men that are rich or poor or whatever. And, and Ruth is making this choice with this guy, um, for a certain purpose. And we'll, we'll see that a little later. So you'll tie that back in a minute. If you keep that in the back of your head, uh, verse 11, and now my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. How be it that, uh, there is a kinsman nearer than I tarry this night. It shall be in the morning that if he will perform unto thee, the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of the kinsman to thee, then I will do the part of the kinsman to thee as the Lord liveth lay down in the morning. Uh, and she laid his feet until the morning. She rose up before anyone could know her. And he said, let it be known that the woman came in, uh, into the floor. And so, um, this is, um, this section of verse, there's a lot going on here, but Ruth hid, um, uh, you know, Ruth was obviously called a, a virtuous woman. I think in our, our own lives, you know, uh, Moab was recognizing that she had a good testimony. She'd been working right previously in her life and he'd recognized that she had a good testimony and was a virtuous woman. Um, and we should, we should really be living our lives where that's recognizable, <laughs> right? You understand what I'm saying? As you're, as you're living in your, you're living your daily life, it should be recognizable that you're a Christian. Um, and, um, and, and you're trying to please God with what you're doing in your life. Um, but here in this passage, obviously, um, he's saying she wants to carry her husband's name on, which was the virtuous thing she was doing was, um, you know, if she wanted to carry the virtue, uh, his, his name on. And so he was saying, if there's a kinsman closer to, closer to the lineage than me, um, then, then you could get set up with that guy. Otherwise then I'll do it basically. Right. Um, so then moving on to verse 14 through 18. And she lay at his feet until the morning. She rose up before one could know another. And he said, let it be known that a woman came into the floor. And he said, bring the veil that thou hast upon me and hold it. And when she held it, it measured six measures of barley. And he laid it on her and she went to the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, these six measures of barley he gave me. For he said to me, go not empty unto thy mother. Then she said, sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the 
man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing to this day. <clears throat> and so um, at this point, Naomi again is giving Ruth um, just wisdom and, and telling her, you know, at this point, just sit still and, and, you know, don't, don't go lay at his feet again. Just let whatever's going to happen, happen. Um, and, and a lot of times that's good advice. I think, especially as Americans, we want to go, 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 go. And what's the next thing? And what's the next thing? And a lot of times, like Naomi said to her, uh, Ruth towards the end, um, uh, sit still in verse 18. Then she said, sit still, my daughter, until thou knowest what the matter, how the matter will fall. Just, just let it, let it do its thing for now. You don't need to always be doing something. Sometimes it's out of your control and you need to just sit still. Right. And, and a lot of times that's good advice. And that's the advice, um, Ruth is getting from Naomi here is just sit still and, and, and let it do its thing. Um, uh, you know, kind of again, emphasizing God's timing and things. Um, you know, we, a lot of times want things to happen right now, but a lot of times it's, it's God's timing that we need to, we need to work, uh, wait for in Psalm 37, it says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Um, and, and so I think sitting still is definitely a biblical concept in the right time. You definitely, there's a, you know, most of the portion of this passage, she was doing something she was working, right? So I'm not saying sit still and do nothing ever, (laughs) but there's a time where, where, you know, you need to sit still and not be so anxious about doing stuff all the time. Um, okay. We're almost done with the, with the book here and hopefully you guys are hanging on. But again, by the end of this, you'll have read, read a whole book of the Bible, so you're welcome. Um, Ruth chapter 4, verse 1. Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there, and behold, the kinsmen of whom Boaz spake came by, and he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside and sit down here, and, and turn aside, and they sat down. And he took the men of the elders of the city and, and said, Sit down ye here, and they sat down. And he said unto the kinsmen, Naomi... Uh, that has come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother, um, uh, Elamex. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt, wilt not, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it besides thee. And I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must uh, by also of Ruth, the Maobitus, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Um, so he's basically saying, um, uh, you know, you're going to have to take Ruth too. And the other kinsman said, I can't do that. That's going to ruin my inheritance. So you're going to have to, Right. Um, and so, um, this looking at the story of Ruth's life, this is the Lord working out things for Ruth in the background. She's not aware of these conversations, what's happening right now in this scripture. And that's exactly true in our lives too. Many, many, many times, if not all the time, God is doing things for us that we're not seeing. You understand that we will see at some point, um, but we're not seeing right then. Um, right. And, and we know in, we, we know in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know that the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Um, that's what the Lord wants for us. He wants us to have an expected end. He's, he doesn't think evil towards us, um, but thoughts of peace. Um, and, uh, and so that's what's happening here 
in verses 4 and, and verse 13, or uh, excuse me, verse, where am I at? Verse 7. <clears throat> For now this was the manner in, uh, in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing, for to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor and was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Emlech's and all that was uh, Chileans and, and Melians of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth and Maobitus, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon the inheritance, and that the name of the dead shall not be cut off from among his brethren and from the gates of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gates and the elders said, We are witnesses. And the Lord make the husband that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel. And do thou worthy in Ephra and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of um uh, Therese, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, and the seed which the Lord shall give unto this young woman. Um, so in this point right here, um, this is finally, Ruth, Ruth started out, <coughs> excuse me, in, in not a good way. She had, she came to a point of crossroads. She had to make a decision, right? And she's been working and trying to please God. And, and things are finally starting to kind of come to fruition, right? She marries this guy, um, and, and remember the whole idea of, of anything in the Christian life and for, um, Ruth even is she's wanting to do something. She had a desire to please God in that very beginning, right? The whole desire was to please God. And we understand in the Christian life, we can please God every single day. We don't have to wait for this big giant event to happen. Uh, it's kind of similar to what happens here, uh, to please God, but we understand that all things that are happening in our life work together for good to them that love God, right? So there's all these things that are happening, good and bad, and that you get to this point where now they're married and things are kind of starting to come to fruition, right? Um, and this is the the really interesting thing about how God provides his provision and, and everything, is you see here if, towards the end of this book, you had all these circumstances and all these things happen, and, um, and Boaz, in verse 13, took Ruth, and she was his wife, and they went in, and he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed, blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name be, may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age. For the daughter-in-law, which lovest thou, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child, and laid it in her bosom, and became a nurse unto it. <clears throat> and the woman... Uh, and the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, "This uh, there is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name um, Obed. And he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And these are generations of um, uh, Phares. Phares begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Amadad. Amadad begot uh, Nashron. Nashron begot Solomon. Solomon begot Boaz. And Boaz begot Abed. And Be- Abed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David. Now, here's the significance in that whole thing. Uh, if you didn't know, I'm sure a lot of you know in here, is that's the lineage of Jesus Christ, right? And so all these things being put together and all this path in, in Ruth's life um, facilitated her to 
keep what the scripture said. The scripture said that Jesus Christ would have a certain lineage. And because of what happened through the life of Ruth, that scripture was fulfilled and Jesus Christ did have the right lineage, right? Um, and so all things work together to good for them that love God and are the called according to his purpose, right? Despite anything that happened through Ruth's life, um, you know, namely her husband dying, right? And, 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 and having to work for however many years in, in the harvest, um, gleaning these, uh, uh, wheat and, and everything that she did, it, it, it turned out to be, to be good, right? It, it actually turned out to be for such a greater purpose, so much more than Ruth's life, right? I mean, uh, Jesus Christ and fulfilling that scripture and dying for our sins affected literally everyone from the beginning of time until the end of the time, right? That's how significant this, this particular path that the Lord put Ruth on was. And, and, um, what I want to say is as much as it doesn't seem like it, like put yourself in Ruth's situation here. Like she's just this, um, you know, she's from wherever, wherever it was. I can't remember the name of the country. Uh, she's from, um, uh, Moab, the country of Moab. And, and she's just this person, idolatrous woman. And these people come from, from Bethlehem, Judah, and she marries one of them and he ends up dying. She's just a, she's not anything real special. She didn't have like, she's not this, you know, didn't have this king or king in her, in her past or, or grew up in a mansion somewhere or whatever. She's a regular person, right? And, and, and she, and the circumstances in her life and making the right decision and, and having a desire to please God, um, helped link together that, that lineage that affected everyone forever. You know, this normal person, right? That, that can be the same in, in your life. Cause again, if we ask ourselves the question, do we really know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose? They do, right? They do. They did in Ruth's life and they, they will also in yours, um, just exactly like that. If we're trying to live a life pleasing to God, right? Um, cause that's really, really the baseline and the theme that, theme that you see through here is Ruth had a desire to do the right thing, right? And, and, and it worked out right. She, she didn't get stuck, stuck in that point of bitterness because if, if, if we would have stopped the point at that point of bitterness, we wouldn't have had the end, right? But God, we read in a verse earlier, God wants to give us an expected end. You know, he, he, he wants our end to be, to be right. We have to do the right thing now though to make that happen. Does that make sense? Um, and so living a life of faith, I think is important that way. Um, and, and trying to learn that. Uh, through the life of Ruth and, and really applying it to our lives, um, is, is the important thing there. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I want to say there. Hopefully you guys can take that and, um, again, apply that. Um, we'll take a moment and go ahead and, and pray and then, uh, and then I'll let you guys go. So bow your heads, close your eyes. Um, just while we're praying, just think about the, the challenges and, and the life of, Naomi, um, and you know, you're welcome to, to pray. And, and if, if you find yourself anywhere in that point of crossroads in your life or wanting to make a decision, um, I would just suggest make a decision now. So God, I pray that, um, that you'd bless these people and I pray that you'd help us not to get stuck. Um, pray that you'd help us to, uh, when we're getting in those crossroads, take the right path, Lord. Um, and we, we understand that even though a lot of life seems meaningless and, and not applicable, maybe. God, I pray that you'd please, um, just help, help us to understand that, that you have a, a bigger purpose for us, God, even in the simple things that we're doing in life. Uh, I pray that you'd help us to sacrifice our time and, and our efforts and, in order to help, uh, you know, help please you and help your way to, 
to work out the way you'd like it to work out. And pray that you'd help your people today. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen.